everyone, and welcome to Objective Health. I'm your host for today's show. My name is Tiff, and joining me in the studio, we have Doug, Erica, and Elliot. Hello. Hello. And then, as always, in the background, as usual, holding it down with the technological details, we have Damien. Hello. So today, we're just going to talk about some recent news articles that caught our attention. Uh, the biggest one, I would assume, would be the fact that recently in the U.S., the mask mandates were lifted for airline travel. And so, trains and planes and automobiles and buses, public transportation. Yeah. <laughs> for airline travel and public transportation and everybody was all happy and you know, clapping and applauding as the airline staff made an announcement which is really kind of sad to see how low that we have sunk in the last two years that we actually have to cheer that some governmental entity would give us the grace to allow us to not walk around with our faces covered up. It's just so bizarre. But anyway, that's where we are. So uh, President Biden's administration, uh, a judge has ruled that it is un lawful. Uh, I guess it was a U.S. district judge named Catherine Kimball Mazel. Uh, she ruled that the mandate must end immediately. And there's a quote from her saying that because our system does not permit agencies to act unlawfully, even in the pursuit of desirable ends, the court declares unlawful and vacates the mask mandates. So basically, even if the government and the media and everybody is saying we're all going to die from virus. <laughs> you cannot make people wear a mask. Because it's unlawful. Yes, which is true. And has and, been for the last 14 months. <laughs> for the last forever. How about that? Uh, but now there are some strange people. I guess you could call them wokesters or lefties who are actually protesting that which is just strange yeah up in arms about it yeah. um yeah i think it's interesting that the judge is from florida it seems like florida mm -hmm. is like the last bastion of freedom what's interesting too is that um if you look at i looked up like a real reuters article about it and it's it makes a point to say that she was appointed by trump right <laughs> and that um for our listeners that may not know, this was based on uh, a group called Health Freedom Defense Fund. And I, I actually follow them on Telegram just to kind of find out all the things that they're working for as far as health freedom, informed consent and whatnot. And they actually filed this like 12 to 14 months ago. Um, and so it's just now coming to pass. But in the Reuters article, it says it follows a string of rulings against the Biden administration's directives to fight the infectious disease that's killed nearly 1 million Americans, including vaccine or test mandates for employers. And um, I just thought it was, again, interesting that the scaremongering, the fear porn that comes with the Reuters. 
you know, to it's it's a Trump appointee, like these conservatives, these, you know, they're not they're not looking out for the best interests of Americans. And so they won't be happy until we're all dead. Right. That's ultimately <laughs> what every Trump supporter wants is everybody to be dead. Well, yeah. these people who are against this, uh, of course, they're trying to appeal to ev most everyone's love for the children. Uh, there was a particular doctor on Twitter uh, saying that until there's a vaccine, COVID vaccine for everybody, including kids under age five and as young as six months, then everybody should have to wear masks in public all the time because the kids are going to die. The kids, the kids, the kids. Children. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's interesting. I'm actually, I'm sending you an article right now, Damien, that maybe you can pull up. Um, it's on Summit News um, video, Fauci decrees that CDC should be above authority of the courts. So this was Fauci's kind of reaction to uh, the courts being able to declare that the mask mandates were um, unlawful. Uh, basically, it, was, it aired on CNN Plus, which has died already, so nobody really saw it. Maybe that's why it died. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, <laughs> but Fauci basically was saying that... Um, you know, this is a, uh, isn't something that should be left up to the courts. This is important that the CDC has authority for all this kind of stuff. So basically what he's arguing is that the CDC should be above the law, that uh, they can make any decision that they want to with no oversight whatsoever, and there's no legal repercussions at all. So just to give you a little insight into how uh, the Emperor Anthony Fauci feels about the situation. Yeah. Well, what was, and I forget that, was it the Pandemic Preparedness Treaty or something that is now in circulation and these different countries are siding on? And basically, it is a proposal that once a pandemic is declared, uh, all the countries that have signed on to this plan have to follow the recommendations. Yeah. And was it that supersedes. Who? Yeah, I believe so. And it supersedes all national or, you know, individuals, countries, uh -huh. uh, what they deem is appropriate for their citizens. It supersedes all that. And everyone who signed on to this plan has to go along with it. So I'm guessing that that's going to come to fruition soon. And at that point, basically any mandates that get crushed on a national or state level won't stand right because of this new uh plan that'll be in place it's so like, i think that this is good that the mass mandates were lifted but i don't think that people should be getting all happy right yeah. now about it well because they're le they're just learning from this they're like seeing where the roadblocks are so that in the future mm -hmm. they can circumvent them, you know? Mm -hmm. And basically that means outsourcing the totalitarianism. It's like, yeah. you know, we'll just defer all our decisions to um, a world body that has nothing to do with anything at the local level and just makes um, orders from on high, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Well, I think that the thing that most people don't realize is that there's only so many of them and they can't arrest and mandate everybody. I mean, if we really wanted to end this, we could just not wear a mask and it would all be over. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's pretty simple. But, you know, there are all of these people who love their masks. Uh, they've been termed maskaholics and yeah. they want masking on trains, planes and buses all the time. And I guess there was a high school in some American state where they actually protested the lifting of the mask mandates. And people were talking about having segregated flights, like a mask flight and a no mask flight. There are just some people out there who are really into this mask thing. And we all know that they don't work. I mean, we've done several shows uh, going through that science, not that you actually need science to know yeah. that wearing a mask over your face is not good for you. But anyway, these people are mask dependent. And there are some people who just aren't comfortable showing their faces for whatever reason. I don't know, maybe yeah. they're not that cute. But. That was an interesting thing, actually. It's in it, from an article that was actually called Maskaholics on yeah. um, cityjournal.org. And they were talking to a, a Japanese uh, psychologist who, you know, in Japan, it's kind of the tr there's a tradition of mask wearing through flu season, right? Everybody kind of, mm -hmm. well, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people do that through flu season. They'll wear um, a mask um, partly, you know, to protect themselves. One in three. One in three people. Okay. Yeah, wow. one in three in Japan. In, tw in 2011, it was one in three people would wear a mask. Huh. Mm. Anyway, this psychologist, this Japanese psychologist talks about people who are reluctant or, you know, basically phobic of taking their masks off once they've had them on. And he says they're suffering mask dependence, dependency as this psychological affliction is termed in Japan. Where a lot, yeah, sorry, I'm just repeating myself here though. But, but yeah, it's, it's actually like he, this psychologist has termed it mask dependency. And it's kind of like this psychological thing where you go for so long without people not being able to see your face that you come become dependent on that. It's like you don't want people to see your face after a certain point. Now, obviously, nobody, I shouldn't say nobody, but most people in America probably aren't saying, oh, I've become dependent on my mask. I don't want people to see my face. It just comes out as this is dangerous. We can't mm -hmm. take our masks off. We're, we're all in grave danger, despite the fact that there's plenty of evidence that sort of shows it never worked. And... Yeah, and, and, you know, you can see the, the band-aids are waning all over the place, but they don't want to let go. So I think this mask yeah. could, could help explain that. Yeah, I think it definitely could. I mean, it was a real, like, ins really insightful to read about the fact that this is actually a diagnosable psychological condition in Japan. And this was going on way before COVID, right? This has been going on for the past several decades, apparently, uh, in 2005, moving towards 2011, and then into 2020, um, masking has become all the more common in Japan, apparently. And uh, and this addiction, it's been termed, this mass, mass dependency, uh, I would tend to think that at least in Japan, with a lot of the other stuff that we've spoken about in past shows, probably several years ago now, They've got a very big problem with social interactions in Japan. And uh, in particular, the youth are no longer interested in sex and are more 
uh, preoccupied with video games and artificial AI uh, virtual reality, right? So they do have a, a, a genuine set of problem, problems on their hands in Japan. Um, and again, this is a long-term thing. And I think it probably ref- reflects aspects of their culture and the fact that they are so highly techn- technological and advanced in that respect. Um, so I would imagine that this mass dependency probably ties into that as well, uh, particularly in Japan. But it seems as though this is filtered into the Western world. And I think at least for a portion of people, you probably get them. Uh, there probably is, uh, you know, a portion who prefer to wear masks because it is some kind of a whether it's a protective mechanism, it protects them against social, you know, self self anxiety or or whatever it is, maybe there's an element of that to it. But I also, I wonder whether these people who are fanatics and who are not only concerned about wearing it for themselves, but are actually begging for the authorities to enforce it onto other people. I suspect whether these people are not only maskaholics per se, but whether there is something else going on there. I'm not sure. I mean, in that article, it's particularly interesting to look at some of the tweets. I mean, there's this MD, he's, a, he's an emergency physician, and he uh, seems to have a pretty big following. His name's Jeremy Faust. And um, the author of the article showed some of his, tw- some of his tweets, essentially quoted him. Uh, and you've got one, which is, it comes out and says, imagine celebrating the deaths of a small number of kids so that you don't have to wear a mask on a plane. What happened to decency? Another one where he says, the odd thing about my being disappointed in the United Airlines dropping its mask mandate is how many people who claim to love kids are totally cool with the meaning that a small number of babies will die of COVID when we're weeks away from a vaccine that um, that all all people or all children over the age of six months will have. Basically he's saying, right. He's saying that, okay, now that we lift the mass mandates, that means that babies will die. Children will die. And anyone who celebrates taking, not having to wear a mask, they are therefore happy that children are going to die. I mean, this guy is like, there's, he's got, he's got some real psychological issues. Yeah. This guy is, is seriously mentally ill. And uh, it seems as though he's not alone, right? Because we think that, well, if the majority of people applaud that there's no masks on the plane, surely that that's reflective of the majority of, of, of ordinary, the general public. Um, but I think there's probably a lot more of these types hiding in the corners, you know, waiting in the wings, um, and who, who also kind of share this sentiment. Uh, there's, a, there's another individual who was quoted as saying, uh, what did she say? I'm literally begging companies to make all masks, uh, to, to make all mask flights and cars. Sorry, no, I think she's, she's done a typo. Basically, yeah. she's begging all companies to enforce mask mandates on, on, in flights, in cars, um, in other public transport. And she's saying, um, why, why, can't we, why can't we essentially segregate the population you know why can't we segregate people so they can have a they can get on a flight without masks and um and we can get on a flight with masks right so what these people are really asking for they're begging for some kind of uh some kind of a a, a government authority figure to step in 
and start making decisions, right? These are the kinds of people who really love to outsource the, the big decision-making. They, yeah. they love government influence in their life, right? And for us, it's really hard to conceptualize, you know, to, to comprehend that kind of mindset. We, you know, it's very easy, at least for myself, to project my own inner makeup onto everyone else. You know, I respect my own autonomy. I, 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 you know, I want to be as independent as I possibly can without some kind of higher influence, kind of governing, governing my actions, telling me what, what I can and what I can't do. But it seems as though for a lot of these people, it's the exact opposite. In fact, they revel in uh, some authority stepping in and guiding them and saying to them, don't do this, do that, do this and do that. And then, and then punishing people who don't follow the rules. It's almost like these people get a kick. I've seen other people punished for not following those rules, even if the rules are not science-based. These people claim to follow the science, but in fact, the science doesn't doesn't actually match up with what they're saying. So it's really interesting to see this playing out. Uh, you would imagine that um, that people would 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 not want to have more restrictions, but it seems as though that's not the case. It seems as though there are many people who love the restrictions, and in fact, they're not happy with the easing of easing of restrictions. They want more restrictions, mm -hmm. and that's really really. Uh, disturbing, you know, it's disturbing. And it's not just good enough for them to be restricted in their own personal lives. They have to see that everyone else complies as well. But the most illogical thing about this is if your mask works, why does everyone else have to wear a mask? Yeah. If your mask is effective at doing it, what you think that it's supposed to do, then other people should be free to not wear a mask. And then, then the day, what I say is, yeah, yeah if that's... you are that afraid, don't fly. Because there are plenty of people who refuse to wear a mask. Who don't and fly. And they say, I'm just yeah. not going to take any flight until all of this is over. So they have that option as well, but they don't want to take that because they want to live in a world where everything is controlled for them and they don't have to take any responsibility for any aspect of their life whatsoever. There was well, I have an interesting antidote to share with you folks. So I was actually flying on Monday when they lifted the mask mandate. I was flying all day through several airports in the United States and um, they never made an announcement. So they didn't get over the loudspeaker and say, everybody can take off their masks, which I found kind of interesting. It was actually fellow people on the plane that walked on the plane without a mask on and said, we don't have to wear it anymore. <laughs> and the response was kind of mixed. It was, you know, missed a seven hour flight. So it was about half, half, half the people were like, forget it. Of course, I was like, yay, you know what I mean? I'll take it off. But it was just interesting to see people looking around at their, even the people sitting next to them, whether or not they had a mask on. And then even the stewardesses, if that's the proper way to call them these days, I don't know if the, the ladies that, that, you know, usually tell you three and four times. I'll call them stewardesses. I think um, on the plane, you know, if you don't wear it, you can be kicked off. You'll never fly. I mean, they, this was a reoccurring theme because I've flown a few times in the last couple of years. But um, to watch the stewardess catch herself to not say, even if you're eating or drinking, you've got to lift it up. You know what I mean? So it was almost like. I, I think there was half the people were really relieved and another half were like, you 
folks were just saying like, oh my God, it's going to be the end. These anti, you know, these people are going to kill us all. And, and even though you're lifting the mask to eat and drink and, you know, the whole thing is just so bizarro world to say the least, but I just wanted to share my little social commentary on what it was like mm-hmm. to, to be in the middle of it all and, uh, and see the reaction of people, you know, um, And now there's lawsuits coming out that people have been kicked off of planes for violating the mask mandate will still not be able to fly, even though it's lifted. So because that disobeyed, that's that's the issue. Right. It doesn't have. So so it does. I mean, as we all agree, this is so much more about control and keeping you in that amygdala hijack and afraid. And, you know, they're milking this covid thing for every last little bit they can. You know, and 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 we see probably why all these people tweet and get playtime is because they want to keep this thing going. You know, they want to keep everyone afraid and turning against each other. Well, for them, why would they stop? Right. I mean, the fact that people are demanding mass shows how successful this whole campaign has been. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see how this goes. I don't think that it's going to be a permanent uh, situation at all probably considering not. this new worldwide pandemic plan that's going around that countries are signing off on but we'll see i mean, maybe they'll need something to uh blame all these new illnesses on so they'll just say oops remember that time we lifted the mandates the yeah. mask mandates we're gonna have to go back to the way things were before and put them back in but yeah we'll see well, there was actually a pretty funny interaction on Twitter, and maybe Damien, can you pull up that tweet I sent you? It was from a guy named Jared Rabble, and uh, he says, I boarded a plane today with my son, and mid-flight, the pilot announces that the mask mandate is over. Flight attendants pulled off their masks and sneezed directly into their hands while screaming, this is MAGA airspace. My, sp- my son turned to me in tears. I don't know what to do. It's pretty obviously satire. Like that MAGA thing was uh, a direct <laughs> reference to the Jussie Smollett thing that went down. Uh-huh. And so it's pretty obviously obviously satire, but there was a follow-up um, where he posted um, in another tweet, it said, uh, just got messaged by the New York Times journalist about my previous tweet. This is what happened. So some New York Times journalist named Victoria Kim. Hi, Jared. I'm a New York Times journalist. I'd love to speak to you over the phone about what happened on your flight this evening. Can you please give me a call at blank or let me know how I can reach you? I hope this isn't coming too late, blah, 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 blah. And he replied, hello, Victoria. I would love to discuss the incident at your earliest convenience. I was pretty upset about the whole thing. Unfortunately, it's satire and only someone at the New York <laughs> Times would believe it. In my time of contemplation, I was wondering how your team deals with the multitude of false stories that you peddle out daily uh, to use as political political propaganda, and if you could give me advice on how to make my take my satire to the next level. Best wishes. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Like that she could read that treat that tweet and not think this is satire. They're like, oh my god, <laughs> what a horrible incident this guy went through. I have to write about this. <laughs> Incidentally, apparently she did still write the article. She didn't include him in it, obviously, but she found somebody else who was equally outraged and uh, and wrote that article mm-hmm. anyway. Well, I guess these people who are outraged 
can rest a little bit easier because for another article that we looked at, um, it's called the Biden administration to promote availability of COVID antiviral pill. So they can take a pill and they can have even more protection on top of their mask and their vaccines. So this article was on Medical Express and the president is saying that he wants Americans and their doctors to know that we have an ample supply of the COVID antiviral treatment called Paxlovid and it no longer needs to be rationed. I didn't know that it was being rationed, but thanks. So yeah, so allegedly this new drug made by Pfizer, if you administer it within five days of symptoms, it has been proven to bring about a 90% reduction in hospitalizations and deaths in patients, most likely to get severe disease. That's a lot of uh, caveats, but at any rate, so this new drug is out and everybody can have access to it. So yeah, everybody be happy about that. Apparently we have enough for 20 million of you. So. Yeah, it's, it's quite amazing. It's remarkable how they just continue to beat a dead horse. I mean, like, as they explicitly say, the so-called deaths and we've got to really be very very cautious about believing the amount of deaths that they say are actually occurring but even if they're telling the truth what there's there's a couple hundred deaths 200 deaths or so a day uh down from supposedly 2000 per day which again was massively inflated overinflated and the statistics were manipulated but even then i mean it's clear to anyone that this that this so-called pandemic that we've all gone through, it's a so-called pandemic, uh, it's it's really on its back end. It's it's over. It's finished. You know, it's it's dead. And they're gonna try and milk it for as long as they possibly can. But I mean, ultimately, like apart from the rare case of the the mask fanatic, I mean, like how many people are actually are genuinely concerned? I don't mean with their words, but with their actions, you yeah. know, with their actions. And I think the way that you can tell that is if you open up restrictions and you see like how many people are actually out on the streets, that can tell you how scared they really are. For instance, like if you're a government, you you stop a, you stop locking down a country and you tell them that they don't have to wear masks, they stop wearing masks and they start socializing and going out like they used to. That that demonstrates that they're not scared. Right. They're, they're not really genuinely bothered. Now, next time you tell them that you need to lock down or you need to wear the mask, yeah, they might comply and they might kind of go along with it and they might even kid themselves into thinking that they believe it. They might even believe it. But I think to a large extent, the behavior speaks much louder than the words. And I think that the fact that people are more than willing to go back to live normal life, right, to go back and do all the things that they used to do really tells us that. People aren't really that bothered about COVID anymore. I think, I think to a large extent, I could be wrong about that. Things could change. But the fact that they're coming out with a new drug and they're talking about new vaccines for new variants and all of this nonsense, I mean, it's just, it's it's thoroughly bizarre. I mean, I, I, I'm unsure how they're going to get a significant amount of people to, to take that drug. 
I wouldn't be surprised if they if they don't actually manage to. Um, maybe that's me being overly optimistic and ascribing too much to the average population, but I, I just think it's uh, it's it's yeah, it's 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 silly. It's a silly thing that they're doing. I agree. Um, I don't know. I don't know with any of this. It doesn't seem to be like a demand people calling out for, you know, we need some pills for this uh, scourge when they're out at the pub every night, you know, drinking it up with their friends. And like you, Elliot, I don't see that people seem to be all that concerned with their actions uh, that COVID is going to kill them. I mean, people still wear masks. Like when I go out in grocery stores, there's a few people with masks on now, not that many. And, you know, they're wearing their masks like on their chin as a chin strap or wearing it under their nose. They don't seem that concerned at all. No one's really enforcing social distancing. I haven't heard of anybody saying, oh, you can't come to my house because you're not vaccinated or anything like that. So I don't know if there'll be that much of a demand for this drug, but you never know. It's just Pfizer trying to get some more profits out of it all, you know, just squeeze the last of the lifeblood out of people while they still can. Yeah. yeah. And they're getting the government to do all their advertising and promotion for them. So right, <laughs> right. Like they have to worry about a big uh, advertising budget for it either. And then they'll push it to all the people, you know, that all haul 15% or whatever that didn't go for the shot, you know, well, you mm-hmm. can take this now as, as an alternative, you know what I mean? So they yeah. get you one way or another. Yeah, one thing I'd that- be interested and seeing what the side effects of this pill are, but <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm sure they won't be that good. Well, the thing that stood out to me was that they said, they're saying it's been proven uh, to bring about 90% reduction in hospitalization is death, blah, 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 blah. That 90% number, isn't that exactly what they said about the vaccine? Sure like is. the first, the first numbers that came out that were, where it was 90% effective or around there. And then, you know, mm-hmm. the next week it would drop to 85 and then it would be 84 and then 83. And like, there's a video that shows all the different headlines of all the, the percentages just tanking, you know, as, as time goes on and they're kind of like, oh, well, did we say 90%? It actually turned out to be about 50%. Safe so, and effective, safe and effective, safe yeah. and effective. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just keep repeating that yeah um i don't know if they could actually mandate a drug regimen but i wouldn't put them past it to say uh yeah if you don't want to take the shot you're gonna have to check in and take this pill or yeah or else go to a camp or as in rhode island (laughs) which is just is just outrageous they're imposing well they're discussing a law they proposed a bill that any Rhode Islander over the age of 16 who doesn't get this vaccine that has extraordinarily horrific side effects hasn't been proven to stop the spread hasn't been proven to stop you from catching it you're going to have to take this vaccine or get fined $50 a month and have to pay twice as much state income tax. Totally illegal. Yes. Totally illegal. Yeah. I don't think they're going to be able to do this at all. 
Um, mm. That's uh, it's insane. I mean, you know the who is it? The guy he's a senator who's put this yeah who's put this forward, and he yeah. said Sen- uh, Senator Samuel W. Bell. Yeah, and basically he gave the the quote that they've got for him in there just makes him sound like paranoid and insane. Like thousands of Rhode Islanders have died. I've had really painful calls from constituents who can't go to the store because they're immunocompromised, who have lost loved ones to this pandemic, who are really ill and not fully recovered, suffering long-term effects. My son's condition has made me feel more compassionate and ready for a heavy level of abuse I knew I'd receive. Anyway. Well, he he has a four-month-old who has interstitial lung disease. Okay. And... He'll get seriously ill if he gets a respiratory infection. I'm sorry about your son, but I'm not going to yeah. take a shot for that. I'm sorry. It's yeah. just not happening. Well, it's because before this pandemic happened, there were plenty of immunocompromised people out there who had to, you know, who had a rough life and maybe couldn't do the things that other people had to do. But we didn't impose things on the rest of society because there were some who were immunocompromised. And I think that that should be the same way things are treated now. Um, Just because we had a big fake pandemic doesn't mean that suddenly everybody should have to wear masks all the time because some people might be vulnerable. It's unfortunate. um, And I think, but, you know, you can't expect to, to place restrictions on the entire population because, you know, some people are immunocompromised. It just, it doesn't work that way. Well, this is just a proposal at the moment. It hasn't actually been signed into law. If it does, the precedent will settle just be extraordinary. But I would say to Senator Bell, if you care that much about your son, go take him and live in a bubble with him and leave the rest of us alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would lead to a mass exodus out of Rhode Island, I think. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that was interesting at the very end of that article, they say that nationally 55% of Americans support a vaccine mandate, which is pretty creepy when you think about it, you know, and they also list that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't really believe it either. I think uh, that that, those things always depend on who they're asking, when, where, all that kind of stuff. Like, I really Mm -hmm. think a lot of times polls, yeah, you can make whatever you want them to say. Well, in the in the climate that we live in, too, with all the identity politics, it's okay to hate on the unvaccinated, but nothing else, right? You know, it's more of that shaming and yeah, yeah. So hopefully, the people in Rhode Island will not let this egregious bill be passed into law. And they will take action to protect their freedoms. But this is just the, one of the wackiest things I've heard in about a, two days. <laughs> <laughs> At least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So are is that all the articles we had? Yeah. Did we have another one? For today. <laughs> yeah, for today. So we'll see how these mass mandates play out and what happens in Rhode Island. And uh, unless anyone has anything to add, we will sign off for now. You can like, subscribe, share it, leave a comment, and we will see you next week with another episode. Have a good day.
Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.